From ThatShelf.com, this is Black Hole Films. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. What's a black hole film, you ask? Well, you know those films you always meant to get around to watching, but you never did for whatever reason? Well, that's what they are. And this podcast is all about embracing them and checking those films off our lists and talking about them and whatever else happens to come up. I'm Canadian filmmaker Jeremy Lalonde, and I will be your host. You can follow me on Twitter at LalondeJeremy, or check out my website, JeremyLalonde.com, for more information on me and my projects. If you like the show, please subscribe to it, rate, review it, and leave a comment on whatever platform it is you're listening. It really does make a difference in helping to get more ears tuning in. And if you like this show, check out the others on the ThatShelf.com family of podcasts. And without further delay, let's get into this week's film. This is episode 84, and today I am joined by Anna Rose Dunwilder, who is an actor and teacher, as well as Bonnie Stinson, who is a really fascinating person about getting her master's in digital media, and both are good friends of our family. You can find Anna on Twitter at Anna Rose, and check out Bonnie at Bonnie J. Stinson. And we're going to sit down and watch a film together. So we're sitting down to watch Labyrinth. I'm Jeremy. I've seen this movie a whole bunch of times. I'm Anna. I have seen this movie at least once, maybe many times. I'm Bonnie, and I've never seen this movie. Bonnie's our virgin. <laughs> so when's, how old were you when you saw it? You know, I, I was, a, it was like high school, I think. So I didn't, I'm not an early, high school's early to approach it, but I was not a kid for sure. Yeah, not necessarily. So what? So you picked this, Bonnie. What made you pick Labyrinth? Um, Jennifer Connelly. Let's just say that right off the bat. <laughs> That's fine. Those are eyebrows. Um, this is probably her breakout role. Yeah. What year did this come out? This is, is eighty-five. I yeah. Think? So it's like peak. I want to say it's eighty-five. Talk amongst yourselves. I will confirm that. It's like a <laughs> to the internet. It's a cultural reference point that I feel like has been referenced over and over again, and yeah. I've seen pictures, but I it's so different seeing a picture and seeing the whole cultural artifact, 86. right? Like, I've seen the wig, I've seen, like, yeah. the moment of, like, all my friends have acted it out, so oh, okay. it's yeah. time. 1986 is yeah. the... So it would have been one of her early, if not her first performance. Yeah. I wonder how old she was. We'll see. There might be an introducing Jennifer Connelly credit. I can't remember. I can look up and see what she did before. I can't, um, I can't imagine that they would put her in this movie as her first... If it's her first credit. You should be surprised. Yeah. Well, they needed someone young, right? So it's not like she's they... She's not that young, though, is she? she oh, was. she is she really young. young. Yeah, yeah that's well, she's I want to say, yeah, like, 14 or... Yeah, I guess that's true. Maybe it is. She's meant to be, like, a, um, yeah, a teenager. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't want to say Don't ruin much. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got buried in her self-credits. Where is this? Damn you, IMDb app. It's not a great app. IMDb, if you're listening, fix your fucking app. <laughs> or hire so me and I'll okay. do it for you. Yeah, that's right. Bonnie will fix your app. Um, so what do you know about this movie? Nothing. I know that there's a wig and there's a ruffly bow tie and there's like a different world and there's like a lost baby or something. Okay. You just yeah. know that there's a wig? I literally don't do know Do you know who's wearing that wig? Bowie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so you know Bowie. I know that's Bowie. I know. Good. But I, I don't know. It's yeah. Like, do you remember any of you've heard people sing the songs? No, I feel like that's it. the songs. I once um, had a uh, high school, no, middle school student audition for me for a play and sing the Who Do You Do, the voodoo song. Oh, that's a bizarre. Oh, it was, I mean, she nailed it. it was so, amazing. all she'd done at this point was uh, she had a small part in Once Upon a Time in America, mm-hmm. and then these two movies I've never heard of before Seven Minutes in Heaven and Phenomena. So this was her big breakout role. Yeah. Wow. For sure. Like this is her first starring role. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's forty-seven. She was born in seventy. So yeah, she was fifteen when she made this movie. Yeah. Wow. Uh, up against Bowie. Yeah. Great. That's why I thought it must not be her first. No. Big role, but yeah. So well, I- she's also one of those people when you look at her and you watch her in this movie, you'll probably look at her and go, "There's no way you're fifteen. Like she seems so yeah. much more." But she's also of that type, I'm sure, when they saw her her tape or when she came in, it's just like she's an old soul. Yeah, yeah. she has you presence. Know? Yeah, she comes off as, you could have you could, you could have told me that she was 20 when she played this part, and I'd believe you. Yeah, right. You know, which is usually what you do. You usually cast older, and yeah. they play down. Yeah, like you. <laughs> yeah. Like me. Oh, yeah. But there are some yeah. people that can play, have huge age range. You know that. You're yeah. an actor. right. 
um, that have these huge swings and other people that just like really fit into a small. And that's it. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. Yeah. Part. yeah but yeah. she definitely, I'm sure she was playing up. And a lot of other things. Yeah, until or they get wrinkles, until, man. They can play anything until... <laughs> until they get wrinkles, yeah. 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 Until they get 45 and then... <laughs> well, she's only 47 now. I know. What was the last movie you saw her in? The, uh, Jennifer Connelly? Yeah. What is the last movie I remember seeing her in? Like, like beautiful. Like I'm sure she's done other cool stuff, but, like, for me, that was, like... That was the last thing I remember That was, like, the her. peak. There was the other one where she was, like, the wife of some, like, development worker or something. It was Requiem for a Dream. I don't know what that is. Oh, she was in that. Yeah. Requiem for a Dream is, like, the exact opposite of Labyrinth. <laughs> she has a very. Uh, have I seen that? The last movie I watched with her in was Rocketeer, but that's because I did it for the podcast. Mm. I'm okay with a Jennifer Connelly marathon. <laughs> she, the last movie that I saw that she was in, but it was only her voice, was Spider Man Homecoming. Whoa! She's, 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 the, the, she's the voice of his suit. Oh, oh my, my god! She's Karen in uh, <laughs> Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, that's I so got funny. to be the voice of an interface in one of my class projects, and it was the highlight of my life. Nice. Yeah. It's a game, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bonnie has a really has a future in uh, yeah. being interface. A, interface voiceovers. Yeah. So, are you like a Henson nerd at all? No, no, you're not. That's okay. That's allowed. Why did you make that face? Like no, me? I don't know. Oh. I always it always just surprises me, like things that I like have grown up with and adored that I was like, don't I was like know playing them. with my dolls. I like got my first CD when I was like fourteen. I like was late to the whole game of like what other people were into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even, but you, like, we're, we're about a decade separated from each other. Yeah. So it's like, but you grew up with, like, the Muppets and that kind of stuff. Yeah, of course. Well, and my parents, like, loved old Sesame Street, too. Yeah. And, like, yeah, I watched all the Muppet movies. I love Muppet Treasure Island because it's so good. That's yeah, amazing. You know so that's one? not one of those. That's, see, I know. Maybe that was like see, a little bit. See, I'm a bit, purist, hence I know, so it's like, later. Muppet Treasure Island is way late. And it, it is late. It is not late. bad. It's probably a little late for me. But it, it's not, I often enjoy quality children's TV. But it's in day. that period where they just were just like, Muppet's Christmas Carol came out and was yeah, great. That's great. But then they just started doing adaptations of classic books. And mm. they started churning them out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of no, them, this, Treasure Island's okay. But then yeah. like when they did Wizard of Oz, it was just, it was fucking terrible. Oh, I have not seen that. It don't. Do not. Okay. It's bad in so many bad ways. There's yeah. a, there's a scene near the end of it with Quentin Tarantino pitching a movie. No. It, it just, and it just doesn't make any sense. It's just like, oh, Tarantino was willing to do a scene. What so could it possibly we'll, be? We'll get him in. We'll yeah. just, uh, it's, it's, he's either in that end. one or a different one. And they did another Christmas movie that wasn't good either. That's um, so funny. Right? So yeah. like my brain chemistry is totally <clears throat> different from yours because there are all these yeah. things that I've missed out on. I mean, That's I just okay. like... I fire love puppets. <laughs> yeah, same. There's like I don't love when they're fucking weird too. Like I just like this is the weird, height of it. Yeah, like weird puppets. Because I mean, between this and like Dark Crystal, yeah. and there's like you you get a lot of like the Henson Muppet stuff, which people consider yeah. like the kid friendly family or, stuff, like Fraggle Rock. Yeah, and all that and all that fits within like, like the the family kid vibe. Yeah. Where it's like Dark Crystal and Labyrinth are they're. Family that films. Family when did you first watch them? Like, how did you discover them? Yeah. Oh, Labyrinth. I would have seen Labyrinth 86. I would have been five when it came out. Yeah. Right. So, so I saw like, it probably when I was my son's age. I probably saw it when yeah. it came out on video, which would have been, you know, a year or two and later. Like, were you curious about it and asked about it? Or like, did a family member or like, because you had a sibling near your age. I was a younger sibling. Mm-hmm. I had siblings. Well, I grew up age. with when I think the Muppet show was, I don't know, if, I don't think it was still doing new episodes, but it would have been in syndication, so it would have been yeah. in reruns. Yeah, yeah. So I grew up remembering the Muppet show being on all the time. Yeah, yeah. I fucking love the Muppet show. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, it would just, you would catch it, I can't remember whatever time of the night it was on. It was probably, must have been syndication because I think it was on every day. Yeah. I remember how excited <laughs> you were when we saw you in California two years ago. You were like looking at all the <laughs> holy shit. That's because the the Airbnb I stayed at was a block away from the Henson Studio, and I had oh, no fucking yeah. clue. I walked right by it, and I lost my mind. <laughs> I was so excited. I got to walk by that. So I would walk. Cool. I would go out of my way just to walk by it a couple times a day. That's like Why not? in the the first Muppet movie, the the recent one when they like go to the yeah. studio at the first the fur for the first time. Yeah, it's I on. Uh, I'm gonna get it wrong. It's on Sunset, I believe. I know. I'm gonna get it wrong. LA like people yell at me. You know what? You know what it is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I just grew up loving the shit out of the Muppets. Yeah. Um, and That's so it's so, just nostalgia for well, me. Well, what I love is that it's so fun. There's no talking down to, to any level. Like, as a kid, you watch it, it feels cool. It's like not, 
Well, you know, it's like there's so many kid, like a lot, so much kid televisions today. Or it's like, pandering, guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Muppets always it was always multi generational viewing where there was stuff for the kids, but there's stuff mm-hmm. that goes over the kids' heads. Right. Well, and I feel like scare like Labyrinth could be a scary movie, right? But not in the oh. way that like kids get to see like when that came out, kids would get to see movies like that because yeah. they were like creative scary, and I feel like now they don't have the same. Offerings for kids. I don't know. I think there's. I think they're coming back around to that. I think there was mm-hmm. definitely a period yeah. in between, like this kind of stuff and the stuff that's coming out now, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I think everyone just assumed kids couldn't handle things. Yeah. Uh, and I think now we're getting back around to it. Yeah. Because it's like I know I try to like Ephraim is you know he watches stuff that yeah. probably other parents would consider scary, mm-hmm. but it's like I don't know. He's he, interested in it. He also doesn't get. I mean, I'm also very fortunate that he doesn't get nightmares and that kind of stuff. Every, yeah. You have to do what's right for your own kid. Yeah, And some sure. kids are more anxious, but that's because they grow up. Without it. I think our generation created a much more stronger generation of anxious children as well. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. It's like we, we created, like, helicopter parenting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, not, we're definitely not helping in that regard. Uh, okay. balance. Uh, is there anything else before we dive in? I, what, are, what are your expectations for this? Like, yeah. You said you don't know much about it. I mean, the costumes and the, like, medium production value is going to be really good. Medium production value. <laughs> right? Like, in oh. the 80s. I mean, like, 80s production value. Whoa. The production value is pretty high. <laughs> like, I'm expecting Fog Machine, like... Uh, I think it's slightly better than that. It's pretty good. It's it's designed it's, What's the, the ne- Is it the never-ending... Never-ending story? Because right. I've seen that. That's kind of the feel that I'm expecting from this. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's definitely, like, this is definitely very theatrical. Yeah. In the right, sense that it's, like, lots yeah, of big yeah. sets and stuff. But it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's definitely not poor production value. No, I said medium production. <laughs> it's not media. I mean, for now, maybe. Mm. But it's, like, now you would probably fill it full of CGI and and, right. and do other and stuff. The, but and it's not fair to compare. And it would be lost. The, like, charm of it would be. The no. C- CGI, I think, would make it less charming. Well, that's yeah. kind of the whole point of how the Muppets work is, like, it's all done practically, right? Like, everything, yeah. everything, pretty much everything you're seeing is done in camera. Right. Although there are some sequences that will definitely ring as cheesy. You'll yeah. see. You know what I'm talking so about. So I'm expecting to be, like, weirdly entertained, to not totally get it, and to be okay with it. You're in the right place for this. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right, we just finished. So good. <laughs> Funny first reactions? It was so moving. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Explain, Aww. pontificate. I mean, it's like, of course we all relate it to our own histories, but like to see a teenage girl trusting herself, mm-hmm. like making her own choices, yeah. right? And like, it's all about imagination and like the power of your will. Well, she creates the entire world in that opening. It's interesting. I didn't, I think this is the first time I really thought about that is when she's putting Toby to bed at the very beginning, and she's like, oh, I'll tell your story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She creates the entire scenario mm-hmm. in that moment. Like, none of it, in theory, exists before. Mm-hmm. You know, you, mm-hmm. you could imagine yeah, yeah. that, you know, her, her creative teenage mind has taken the owl she saw in the park yep. and turned that into Jared. I yeah. mean, but you didn't know? she, but she has the labyrinth book, though, right? I, like, imagine that maybe she's written that. I don't know. She's written the book, but then she doesn't remember she that one it. line. Yeah, but that, the whole thing yeah, is like her no. mom was an actor and her mom's Yeah, is it or... a... Oh, yeah, right, because that's her stepmom. Yeah. yeah, maybe the Labyrinth book is connected with her. But I love, like, even the end that she's still, like, she's playful. I don't know. You don't see a lot of 15-year-old girls portrayed with that kind of, like, play and strength of will. Yeah, that's true. That's why, like, Alice in Wonderland really is, like, such a big... Because that's, like, the same... That's the same sort of, like... Strength of will, like making choices, like yeah. being brave, and and the puppetry was so clever. Was so good. Yeah, yeah. No, and they, and before we move on to the puppetry, the uh, and what's really great about this is like they're, they're, he's borrowing from so many different so things. Many. It's like you've got like the the, the peach, which is like Snow White and the Apple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've got all these different right. things that he's because you, when you pan through her room at the beginning of the movie. It's just Wizard of Oz is on the shelf yeah. and, and all the different things that you can probably yeah. look through. Where the that. wild things are. Where the wild things are. You can go through right. that whole room so probably. Just the production design in that room alone. Yeah. yeah. Of all the so different, you know, it's this girl who is still, even though she's 15, mm-hmm. hasn't quite grown up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of 
in a weird way, it's a coming of age story. Yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. In a good way. Like, I feel like so many coming of age stories are about, like, being hard and, like, Mm -hmm. being an adult in the world where she, like, has chosen to trust herself as she grows up. I can't remember the last time I saw something like that. She becomes, yeah, she becomes an adult by jumping off that cliff, trusting herself, and by telling an older man that he doesn't have any power over her. Yeah. Right. Right, it's and it's not that she's like dismissing or belittling her childhood. She's like taking like the joy and creativity like into her powerful future, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And the puppetry is so funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so, so much, so much. Um, Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter hits for me. Like, yeah. Full like on. the MC Escher staircase and like all of the moving like Hogwarts or I mean Hoggle. <laughs> So, so let's go back to your comment before about the, uh, what do you call middling production design? Yes, I was expecting it to be more, like, never-ending story production value. Whereas, like, because, like, puppets to me don't necessarily say medium value. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. But, like, I was expecting, like, lighting and, like, I don't know, camera angle and, like, I... I appreciated how skillfully the story was told. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely some some stuff in here you watch and it's super dated like that's that the CGI. This, the, I mean just the, the CGI scenes. I mean that's Owl. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, the owl oh, that, yeah, and, the, and the you know whatever what are you, whatever those the fire the dance, creatures the fire creatures that toss their heads I was trying around. to figure it out. I know I was wondering I don't think I ever knew what they were called, and I was watching the creature credits, and I think they're the Chili Downs? Is that what it is? I don't the know what else. The Chill Downs. I don't know what else the, the Chill Downs would be. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably... But I like, didn't right. mind it, right? Because it's like a weird story, and it's like you're yeah. in between worlds, so... I remember being terrified of those guys. Oh, yeah. They were the scariest. scary. I was the most scared. Well, of them. And hey, lady, you don't get to throw his head. <laughs> yeah, well, throw your head. It's meant to be like Oof. psychedelic, I guess. I know. Every time I see a movie like this, like, mm, what drug made you come up with that? Uh, yeah, puppet? right. That that sort of. <laughs> but that's what's amazing about it because it isn't, you know, by today's standards. There's what, what, what really impresses me about this isn't so much because there's production value there and it's production design. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, it's also just. This movie is almost like the best example of why Jim Henson was a creative genius. Mm, and you yeah. look at... And the, and the one thing that blows my mind every single time it comes to it is when she falls down that hole and it's the helping hands. The hands? Yeah. Those hands blow my mind. I, I'm so, so delighted and obsessed with that. I mean, it's, so, it's so simple, but so complicated. But like, so simple. And you can only imagine that he spent hours in a room with these mm-hmm. people with hands just going, how can we do with our hands make to make faces? different yeah, faces? Yeah. That's what they always say is make a movie with what you have around you. Yeah. Just hands. Hands yeah. and paint. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like blue paint. And the story is compelling. Yeah. Well, and that like those those puppets in that sequence was as fascinating as the puppets. I'm sure they spent a lot of time making, you know, making those hands mm-hmm. look the way they did, but... That was as compelling and interesting as some of the other creatures that we're. Well, it's know. so theatrical, right? Mm-hmm. It's like there's doing it in the camera, but there's all, but he's also yeah. doing interesting stuff. Like he's doing, he's doing. You know, there's some cheesy effects in there, mm-hmm. but there's some stuff like when she's walking through that like second step of the of the the labyrinth, mm-hmm. and those little creatures are popping up, and moving the tiles around. Yeah, like those are those are. Matt, you know, lock off rotoscope things that she's still in the frame. Yeah, right. and there's this little thing that's been shot separately as a plate. Yeah, like there's some really advanced filmmaking going on inside of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, right. That doesn't seem as fancy as it really is, and some of the technical right. skills that are in there. Yeah, well, that's what, like it was good choices. They didn't have to use fancy stuff for all of it, but they used it where it counted. That's mm-hmm. just it. Yeah, <clears throat> right. Exactly. Well, and that then the stuff that doesn't really <coughs> hold up technically still holds up creatively. in the story creatively yeah, yeah. but it's still terrifying those, those the chili downs are still yeah. are still Ooh, terrifying uh, creatures very very scary and, and, and part of it that I love like the sense of joy and humor yeah that yeah. is in this like I love whenever there's something terrifying two seconds later he undercuts it by showing what's underneath it yeah, yeah. and so there's that great sequence just outside of the oblique where you believe do believe what's it called oblique the oblique Ooh. Something like that. Something like that. We're yeah, close. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where Jared throws the ball and it turns into that spinny, razor sharp circle thing. Mm. And they bust through the wall 
and then it passes by, and we get to see these little creatures on the side of it, <laughs> just pedaling and moving around. Yeah. Same with the um, the guy on the bridge too. The guy on the bridge. Yeah, and it's like, so what exactly did they say? And she's like, well, no one can pass without my permission. Yeah. Like, Do you have your goes, permission? Can I have your permission? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But even they're going through that hallway, and there's all those giant face stone statues, and they're like, "Don't yeah. go this way." It's like, "Oh, shut up!" Like, oh, but please, I'm never going to say it. Yeah. And the uh, the giant stone or the giant um, metal creature that's supposed to be keeping them out, and then the lid like, comes off. Yeah, and... they're just like weird goblin. It's like puppets within puppets, it. like right. Yeah, and that's what's always amazing about Henson stuff Layers. too. Is they're always there's also I mean every single thing is such a character. Yeah, and it's yeah. all it all comes out of character. But there's also these layers to them. There's that one old creepy guy that's got the bird hat, yeah. and they're arguing yeah. with each other. Yeah. There's the uh, two of my fa- my my favorites as a kid was those uh, I guess it's technically four people. The doors? Uh, the doors where they're the talking The lions? About, or are they lions? No, the top the, and the bottom. Yeah, they're, yeah, the top and bottom guys. Oh, are you mean not, the Are they lions or are they dogs? Like, what are those oh, guys? They know. look like weird old lions. Like, yeah, they look they, they are like, old lions. They remind me of, like, um, old like the animated uh, um, Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah. But the ones Vince where it's John. like, Vince one, John, can, yeah. one can always tell the truth, one can always learn the yeah. lie. Yeah. And that riddle plagued me as a child. I spent hours trying to figure it out. And then... This was the first time watching it. I realized that only one of them mentions that. Mm-hmm. The other one doesn't confirm or deny it. Yeah. So in theory, that's even a lie. Yeah. Right. Well, it's like for me, it reminds that's me of all true. those SAT they questions. Can both be liars. But like, I was never able to reason through things like that. So like, thinking about her character as a fifteen-year-old, like, wonder if she was taking standardized testing. <laughs> and like, this is a kind of question, like a logic question, you would see on a test in school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I guess. Exactly. Yeah. I wrote it down once to try to figure out if, if <laughs> yeah, what yeah. she said was true or if it's just... And yeah. I, I think it boils down to what the one uh, lion door says. It's like, I've never understood it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, it, just, it just exists for me. And that's kind of the magic of Hanson too. And Bonnie, you made a comment right at the beginning. Because the movie starts on this park yeah. with these, you know... Uh, uh, bridges that are like made out of stone, and she comes out and she starts delivering this really over the top monologue. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh no, the dress. Yeah, because your first impression is like, oh, this is the tone. Yeah, yeah, right. But then it, it completely turn becomes meta. Yeah, very quickly. Then you like see her jeans underneath, and I was like, okay, yeah, I got yeah. you. You know what you're doing, yeah. Yes, yeah. her dog. I'm like, yeah. I, I just don't know a lot about puppeteering in movies like this. Like, how much character development for puppets comes from the puppeteer or comes from the script, like, because mm-hmm. I'm sure Ludo and, like, some of the other major ones, like, through the the script had certain character traits, but, like, all the, like, the weird little worm, like, all the yeah. little oh, I think monsters. So. Well, I mean, so much yeah. of it, I think, is that, I mean, it's similar to how an actor creates a role, too, right? But instead it's a puppeteer. Right. And right. it's that team, and it's the Jim well, Henson... It's like mask work too. Yeah. yeah, but it's not just that. But then the voice actor like has a whole other a different piece. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. Like they create the puppet and then puppeteer it in a way that adds to the character. But then the voice really gives us a lot of a lot more information. I think. I think they're working on yeah, all the time. Like I yeah. think of uh, I've watched. I mean, again, I'm a huge Henson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as I've watched tons of documentaries on just all these different. I mean, this movie, but also just other hints and stuff. Yeah. And I, and I think of, like, I think Kevin Clash, not Kevin Clash, um, Elmo, mm-hmm. uh, talked about how they gave, like, Elmo was just, like, a, a tertiary puppet that they had at the beginning. Really? And they gave it to him for the weekend, or, and said, here, see what you can do with him. Yeah. Uh, and he took him home and figured out how he spoke. That's so, fucking so, magical. So in that case, it's like... I love puppets. It's like taking, <laughs> you know, so taking... Uh, you know, something's just fur and felt in a hole that you put yeah. your hand in. Yeah. And then, you know, pl- yeah, trying yeah. different voices on it yeah. until it works. And all of a sudden they realize, oh, he's four. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's not a yeah. teenager. It's not this. And he's four. But it takes him... I mean, this is different because there's a script in place. It wasn't just someone I made the puppet. Yeah. But, but I think there's right. a lot of it where it's like, what is Ludo? The it's voice. like... Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a little walk. Do you, as, do you know if, um, like, how much... I just always wonder, like, what the voice acting, like, what the voice team, like, mm-hmm. what the voice per, um, actor 
Well, usually the interaction think, with the puppeteering and because yeah, like, they're all part of like a company, stuff. right? Like yeah, all right. Of those performers, they work have, together. They all work together all the time. So I think it's probably the kind of thing where, you know, they're working on the, the story beats, and he's probably figuring out. Oh, it's like I want Kevin to do mm-hmm. this character, and I think you'd be good at yeah, that one. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, and then and I think he gives a lot of creativity to those performers. Yeah. To work with this, the 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 artists that work in the creature shop that Which create is a these things. Good director. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah. There's a really great um I'm shocked it didn't do a second season, but there was a really fun um reality show called uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop. Oh what? and it was on it was probably five oh. or six years ago now. Yeah. I don't know if you could find the episode. I remember anywhere. you mentioning that like five or six years ago <laughs> yeah. to me. It, and it was great. It was just it was just a reality show where, you know, it started with, you know, however many people they started with a dozen or so. Yeah. And every week they got tasked with creating a creature. Wow. And they had to perform it and do that stuff. Excited so about fun. That. Yeah. And then by the end of the amazing. episode, and then someone got voted off, or yeah. by the end it was probably gets voted off the island. <laughs> the show. But the winner Gosh. got a permanent job at the creature shop. Whoa! That was the prize. Yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, like, great for the creature shop, really. It's such a lost to... skill too. Like, I think about kids yeah. being in like Waldorf school or whatever. Like, there's so much about inhabiting right this thing made of fur and giving it a character that yeah because it's really like all all art like that is a way of exa- like finding humanity and defining humanity like you have to put it outside yourself so you can look at it yeah i mean yeah. they use puppets a lot and like therapy there's mm-hmm. like other ways to, to work like... through something that's too hard to do yourself yeah yeah right right a way of externalizing mm-hmm. yeah i mean i don't know if that's a a lost skill what do you mean like but like people now that I don't know very many people puppeteers. I mean I adults mean, who are skillful at like Oh, they're still they're still out. I mean there's still a lot of stuff working in the kids space obviously. Yeah. yeah. That still exists. Because uh, mm-hmm. it's cheap. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess it's felt in well, and every parent know. who reads a book to their kid at bedtime does some sort of Yeah. But the yeah, creature stop but they're like, you know, the way, the more they do Star Wars movies, the more they're going back to this older yeah. style. Like yeah. they're still creating stuff right. for those. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I mean Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, like that's what I was thinking. I mean, I guess Maybe they don't usually do a lot of... It's still part of these full body things. But, but yeah, but it is like mass. Easier and like yeah. more interesting, I find, to watch than CGI a lot of the time. Like knowing yeah. that there's... Been... There's somebody physically in that. Yeah. Like Ludo, there's at least one person in that suit. Yeah. Maybe two. Yeah, it's hard right. to tell. I find that way more compelling than somebody's like CGI. <coughs> I mean, Hoggle... Design. Yeah, yeah, Hoggle's essentially, you know, uh, a person in a mask yeah. and an outfit. Yeah. You know? right. right. You know, similar to the way R two D two was Kenny Baker inside of a yeah a shell <laughs> little can yeah little Trust. can yeah you know it, it's just another uh, the costume work too right yeah that's where you move and, and figuring that out it's so much better yeah. than even when they uh, when they did like a CGI Yoda in the prequel movies yeah, yeah. I think they still you know Frank Oz was still there to consult yeah on how mm-hmm. he moves. That movement. And yeah. this and that because it's a it's a different kind of thing, right? Yeah, and for me, like actually, everyone says when you make <coughs> when you make a film, right? Sound is top. If sound's not there, then the visuals you're not going to buy it. But I find that actually, like with puppetry and other sort of inhabiting characters, that if the physical movement, if you haven't nailed it, I don't care how good the voice is because it won't match up to me. Yeah, it weakens. Talent. Like I don't, I don't buy it if there's no physical. Yeah. And that's what I really appreciated watching that uh, that reality show mm. was was whenever Brian Henson would talk because he, he was kind of like the head judge of the show because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he you know he run he runs it now with his mm. sister um, and we always talk about the humanity of the puppets mm. and yeah. how to get the humanity out of them mm-hmm. cool. and it's not just and it's about like how they can move their face in a way yeah. that feels realistic and just like a little crinkle of an eye yeah. and just those little those little touches that, that make things yeah. feel real and authentic. Just enough. Like, right. You just can like <coughs> indicate. Well, with, yeah. yeah. Just creating it. touch points. And people can say, yeah. Well, and the power that. of imagination, right? Because people's imaginations yeah. are way more powerful than anything you could right. ever give them visually like right. just do like a little crinkle of the eyebrow and i was like oh my god ludo like you're so sad <laughs> his little like groan he was hanging upside down yeah well just little things even like when those yeah. guys those cre- creepy guys that have those like little naked teeth monsters on the oh, stick oh yeah yep and mm-hmm. at the end it cuts to that just seeing the point of over, like, over the head yeah you saying. don't see those guys anymore so that's just people on sticks down at the bottom yeah, yeah. right yeah. you know it's, it's what really 
the creativity of how you use these things. Yeah, right. Uh, but also, it's like when when you know Jared uh, transforms from the owl into yeah a human. You don't see that on camera. It's done through a shadow. Yeah. It right. cuts to her reaction, and then you see him enter the shadow. Yeah, like, right. Kudos to Jennifer Connelly for, like... I mean, like, like what a... It's, like, what I imagined, like, Romeo and Juliet, Juliet should be. Like, this kind of innocent and creative... I just feel like she has yeah. that magic of, like, there's Bowie and, like, a wig, and, like, there's a baby, and there's a puppet goblin, and she just, like, lived in the world. I don't know. I think that's a pretty stunning... Yeah, it was really interesting how, like, she wasn't scared, like, the... Like, almost the entire time. Like, yeah. that was stuff that I found that really interesting. Like, how many choices she brought, or if Jim Henson was like, you yeah, should like, just be playful and... Like just be... You can explore. You can do it the whole time, and yeah. you know you can do it like, Are the there, whole time. Because now that I've seen it, and I feel like I've missed, or haven't been aware of any, like, culture reference points, like, are there other, like, works that reference <coughs> Labyrinth that I should know about? <coughs> I think... I'm trying to think. Well, we talked about... Does uh, she mispronounces Hogwarts' name as Hogwarts mm-hmm. a couple times, or he does? Yeah. And did that? Did uh, J.K. Rowling pick that up? I did a quick Google search, and she apparently says that it come, Hogwarts comes from a flower in Kew Garden. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> bullshit. Whatever. But then, but then, like two seconds later. You've got, uh, you know, her disappearing through uh, a wall. Through a brick, a brick wall. wall. Yeah. yeah. And then at the end, there are staircases Moving that move. staircases. JK Rowling, I don't buy it. Yeah. Exactly. She we ch- see you. She had a Bowie fever dream. <laughs> well, I mean, that. yeah, that makes sense. That's a fanfic I'd like to read. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. You never know, but it's like some of those things are just stream into the subconscious, too. So Yeah, yeah. right. Right. They, they draw on common become... motifs. Mm-hmm. She didn't steal That's them. The... Yeah. So here's a question um, for you, because it's the kind of thing. I grew up with it, so it's the kind of thing I kind of glaze over, although I'm more <laughs> and more aware of this kind of stuff the more I rewatch older movies. Is like, how did you feel about, you know, Bowie and her dynamic mm-hmm. in terms of like, because I don't like I was I was trying to be conscious of it this time going are they are they sexualizing her and him in any way? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the closest you get is that scene in the ballroom, the dance, yeah, yeah. Um, but it doesn't feel like he and he also says at the end how it's like just love me and and worship me or whatever, yeah. just listen to me and I'll be your slave. For yeah, I'm pretty sensitive to kinds of those uncomfortable dynamics, and I didn't think it went that far. I was really because he's watching. old enough to be her dad. Yeah, oh, yeah. And funny. for me, it was more like power dynamic, not necessarily like a hypersexualized dynamic. Like he, like no, you don't get the sense that he's trying to make her his, his queen. No, no, which I f- thought it was. I was well, ready for it to be weird, and it wasn't. I felt more confused because she talks about it at the beginning. That's sort of what she sets up when she's talking about the Goblin King yeah. that he has fallen in love with her. And so then, but then later, yeah. But that's such a, like, typical 14, 15, if if you still have that child alive inside. Like, that's the story that girls are told, that, like, the king's gonna fall in love with you, or, like, take you away, or... And so she got to have that fantasy, (coughs) like, get there, and then realize it was just about power and, like, her own ideas of what she wanted. And then say, yeah, and and I I I have the power. The way that Bowie inhabited that role, it was so, like, he was never too close. He was never too dominating. He was always, like, that sort of her mind outside herself being like, what do you want? Who am I? Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, she is kind of creating the trope that comes out of fairy tales where, you know, fairy tales think nothing of having, you know, a a 12-year-old girl end up with a 40-year-old man. Right. Yeah. Uh, which is similar to what this is, but yeah, but at least they don't push it into that way that feels uncomfortable. And I love that Bowie like isn't a man. <clears throat> he's like this yeah, goblin. He's, a goblin. he's like a gender queer, I mean, like weird, glittery. Yeah. Spandex. Yeah. Right. And there's like there's so much like androgyny and and femininity that like so and I feel like those so there was no like mm. inevitability in like the hetero match. Was which like, is, you know, which, which is, is great. When you think about it, it's 1986, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's, you know, this movie is now 30, you know, 40, 30 years old. Oh, a little over 30 years old. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't remember, like, I remember growing up with this movie, loving this movie, and growing up in a time that was, you know, yeah. homophobic. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, but I don't ever remember anyone ever having an issue with Bowie in this movie. I was going to say, it's because it was Bowie. Well, if that had been he had already set that up yeah. for himself. Who, like, wasn't already comfortable with whoever they were. 
Yeah. But Bowie was just like, this is me. Like, wore that spandex so well. Like, loved the makeup. So good. And already had, like, a pop culture persona that represented that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it just worked for me. I was like, yeah. Yep, I get it. Those costumes, man. I want all of them. I know. That's our next Halloween costume. I just, like, want all these jackets with those incredible... Big collars. And she has have, big and, collars. And have glitter just flow out of Everywhere, you. Everywhere, yeah. You enter I, a room. I would like, yes. I, I haven't like pulled that. tinsel out of things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Bonnie, like, sweats tinsel. It just, like, appears. The one thing that, that kind of stands out to me the more I, when I rewatch these is they how much, especially that one, even though I love that song, the Dance Magic Dance. Yeah. Like, when he's just running around singing with the goblins at yeah. one point. I'm like, this yeah. is nothing to the story. What is, yeah. what, is, what is this moment right now that is yeah. not advancing anything? That right. was the moment like, where I was like, not a... why did they make this movie? Like, why yeah. does this seem so long? Like, <laughs> yeah. It goes on a bit. It goes yeah. on a while. And that's where you're sort of like, this was... Uh, this is weird. This was Bowie, though, saying, I will write mm-hmm. these songs and they will be music video. There will be a music video in the middle of this movie. But like, yeah. if as a filmmaker you can't, do weird things like that because you want to, then why are you making movies? Like, yeah. That's just it. Do whatever and, you want. Well, and also at this point, 86, it's like nobody in the audience is complaining about Bowie doing a number <laughs> exactly. of the movie. No, no, no. Yeah, no. it's pleasing your audience. Yeah, you're like, yeah. this is what, this is what, they came to see this movie that Bowie was in for yeah. this for moment. Him. Do people, how big is this in terms of defining Bowie? Like, are people like, he was the Goblin King, or is this like, no. is he Ziggy? Like, oh, I mean, he's know? got all these different personas, right? But yeah. I think, <clears throat> this is definitely one of the things that I think when I think of David Bowie, I mm-hmm. think of the Goblin King. Yeah, yeah. Okay. you know, I was never really like huge into his music the way some people were. Yeah, uh, I don't not like his music, right, but yeah. it's like I have friends. You know, even though I <clears throat> I came slightly after his mm-hmm. when his peak period, I should say. Mm-hmm. Like I was always aware of him. Uh, but you know, if you asked me to name a dozen of his songs, I probably couldn't. Yeah, right. Uh, and I'd probably list at least two of them from Labyrinth. Yeah, songs, yeah. You know? He just wasn't one of my my people. But yeah. so if you say who is David Bowie, I say Goblin. I say Ziggy Stardust and Goblin yeah. King. Yeah, because right. I always wonder like this is. <clears throat> I know that he's a musician. Like I know that he was like an actor. So <clears throat> I was like, Man. I loved this movie, and now it's like he was the god because I loved the way he inhabited that character but I know that he was someone of many characters yeah, yeah but in terms of movies this is one of the ones that he's probably better known for yeah what other movies did he do uh, I want to say he did a movie called Hunger it's like a vampire movie of course that okay. makes sense yeah um, yeah I can't remember I just love his like <clears throat> relaxed smile it's just such a yeah well it's a really great way to be the villain yeah and like yeah the camera work is really nice just like shot composition like letting us see just enough like holding long enough for like the delight mm-hmm. i feel like now we cut a lot oh, quicker yeah. he was in the prestige mm. but that was like he way, was in the prestige way later really? way yeah. later <clears throat> oh my god that's right with the short hair he plays and Tesla. the bow tie <gasps> yeah, yeah that's right and a little like pinstripe suit like years yeah. and years later whoa that was that was probably one of the the last movies he was <clears throat> had a big part man. in man i forgot about that yeah Oh god, he did you ever watch the TV show Extras? No. He play, he plays himself. He's <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh, the hung, the hunger was the name of the movie. But he was also um oh they did it as a TV series too. He played himself in Zoolander. Yeah, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, he's the judge. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. The walk off. <laughs> oh, he was in Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with Me. What a playful uh, person. That's the kind of people I I want to I yeah. will follow. Like well, I don't I don't become fans of people unless they're playful. Like, and I haven't seen this. Well, this he doesn't take. He, doesn't he, take he was Pontius Pilate in the Last Temptation of Christ. What the? The Scorsese fuck? movie. <laughs> what? Which I have, but I haven't seen. Wait. <clears throat> it's one of my black holes. Seen that? Is that the? That's the Martin Scorsese. Was that the Last one? Temptation of Christ? When did that come William, out? Like, William, yeah. William Dafoe plays Jesus. Oh, that's more recent. Is that more recent? Like in the no, last not, 10 years? No, 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 no. That's like in the 88. I'm like oh, hardcore. No, no don't want to see that. I, okay, no. I, the only one I remember watching was The Passion of the Christ. Yeah. That's what it was. That yeah, was The like Hunger was, yeah. The Hunger was a 1983 movie, but then they redid it as a TV series. Bless. Like a decade <laughs> later. Bizarre. And I think that was the first movie he did. But then Labyrinth. I would argue Labyrinth is probably his best in terms of movies, is the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. the it's Goblin just, King, like, hello. Yeah, it's a pretty, he is a pretty oh, focal point. Let's go. 
Now I want to go listen to more of that music. Yeah. It's so 80s perfect though, right? It's, so it's like, the synth and like dancing yeah, to the... Yeah. I wonder who... So who if you were to remake Labyrinth today, who would you, mm. who would you cast as the Goblin that's King? That's a good question. Oh, that's Myself. really fun. Yourself. <laughs> yeah, there already plans for <clears throat> Halloween next year. Just the Goblin King. Oh or it could God, be a goblin know. queen. It could be, you could go either well, obviously, way. Obviously, I always yeah. gender bend the castle. Okay, it, a go, goblin, the goblin ruler yeah. would, I mean, Kate McKinnon, like, would just like. <laughs> That's a very blow different. My mind. Yeah, but she could. She would go creepy. She would be a little too funny for me. Yeah, I think she, maybe. But I think she could make. I feel like she, okay, what I love about I mean, you, her you, is you, that if she. If you suggest Kate McKinnon anything, I'll be like, yes, I will watch that. <laughs> I know. Okay, so she <laughs> wouldn't, she wouldn't take <laughs> it seriously. Like, she wouldn't take herself <laughs> seriously, but she does. She has great mm-hmm. power. She's very grounded. She would be. She's humorous. She's yeah. humorous, but she's, she can be light. She's like, has the range of, you know, mm. crazy. Um, I mean, she, yeah, I, I think, I just think she would be so funny and silly I just thought that you dancing. went there because my brain's auto- automatically thinking of, like, pop stars. Yeah. Who are oh, interesting. Part. I mean, it agreed like, me, like, Kate Blanchett, like, would be a funny, like, she played Bob Dylan. I can see some sort of, like, sort of yeah. weird, but it would be very similar. It would be very, she would play Bowie. She would, she would play yeah. Bowie. Right. Yeah, I feel That's like I've seen I Kate think. Blanchett do something similar already. Yeah, she it's would be great. interesting to me. It's not my final answer. No, I It's not your final answer. It's not my final answer. Uh... I don't know why I, I in my brain I said Drake would be interesting. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, that would be interesting. Like, that would be amazing. Actually, yeah. that would be great. He does sort of have like, yeah. It would just be different. It'd be yeah. a good push. I feel like it'd be a good push for him. That'd be cool. Yeah, Drake could do it. He could. He could totally I'm in. do it. I got friends who know Drake. I can make this happen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. 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 Hey, so uh, can I be one of the puppets? <laughs> yeah. We'll be Ludo. I, yeah, I, I just gotta like get the get the rest of the labyrinth. Which cool. uh, no, you can't make make labyrinth. That would be that'd be terrible. No, it would be it's terrible. anathema. That's all you need because then you want to cast an okay. Well, then, so who'd you cast in Jennifer Connelly's role? You'd want an up and comer. You'd want someone new. Yes, yeah. There are plenty of well, sort of new people. Uh, I don't want like a YouTube star or oh, like a Nickelodeon no, no. star because that's how that's the only way you yeah. get the fifteen year old. Or like, like Millie Bobby. You know? No, no, no. That's what you would, yeah, it would be something like that. That's it, yeah. Uh, but no, I think you just get an up-and-comer. Someone like the um, person who's playing Anne with an E. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, you want yeah, someone on a fresh great. face. Yeah. You might, you don't need, if you're making a Labyrinth remake, you don't need a name in the, in the, well, in the no, part. Well, no, no, How do you think it would change in a modern adaptation? Like, could you keep that same sort of innocent, like, pretending the childhood mm. was, like, running around at 15 and that gown and, like... Would things have to change, do you think? Well, you, you I mean, you want it to, because otherwise, why are you telling the story? Yeah. Exactly. You know, I think that's right. the, only, the only reason to do it. So it's like the story would have to become about, I mean, what's a story that 15-year-old girls need to, to learn about now? You know? I mean, I mean the same thing. The same like, story. <laughs> trusting themselves, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't. It's almost like retaining some of your yeah. childhood and not growing up too fast. But yeah. it's just which would right, be the different. same message, yeah. Yeah. That's the only really way to do it, because you'd be crucified to even suggest yeah. remaking this But movie. it's kind of like yeah. Jumanji. Like, I always thought it would be funny to do a Jumanji with, <clears throat> like, modern scary things, like racism and, like, misogyny. Like, you like people come across these things that are, like, right. gun violence. Like, what do you do if the thing yeah, that comes out of like... the game is, like, a modern scary thing? Yeah. So yeah. what if the thing she came up against, like, it's a labyrinth of... I don't know. I always make things too serious, so that probably wouldn't make a very good movie, but... I mean, that sounds like you could make that movie and just not call it The Labyrinth, and that'd be interesting. <laughs> True. Thanks. Yeah. True. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. I wonder if you can go like a sick, because I know they're, they're, they were at some point, I haven't heard much of it since, but at one point they were working on Dark Crystal as a TV series. Yeah. Netflix was doing oh, it. episodic. That's smart. They were bringing it back as a t- <clears throat> yeah. TV series, but I haven't heard anything since. It's like, mm-hmm. I could see this becoming an episodic where the casting of the Goblin King changes every episode. That could be a really cool... Oh, weird. Hmm. I was thinking more would be like a different person stuck in the labyrinth every episode. Because you do get together. Isn't, isn't that the whole thing that she says if the baby's not, you know, gotten within 13 hours, he's going to become one of the goblins? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in theory, yeah. all those goblins... Used to be babies. Are babies that he stole over, over the years. That's Red a better other, uh, Yeah, other... 
failed labyrinth. But then, like the other side of it. But they don't get turned back into babies at the end. They all still stay stay. that way. Yeah. So they get to you get to see the same person encounter different challenging parts of themselves externalized. That like each different episode, like they lose a they lose another baby. They lose like a thing that matters to them because they're learning lessons and. Yeah. But I like Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it would work as a TV series. I'm just trying to think of ways to do it without being crucified. Yeah, I'm so glad we watched it. I feel like now. I don't know, it's a whole visual, like, it's not even a visual language that I have now. It's, like, it's an emotional language. I don't know. I really found it, like, really, really moving and, like, nice to see that kind of play. Yeah. Yeah, it totally holds up. Yeah. I feel like you probably would enjoy, like, Dark Crystal and another. Just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean No, but I mean, like, that, but I, like, that's what I love about these, like, about this kind of movie It's like. It's like it's it's silly and it's like it mm. and it gets it's challenging but like it's really like it's, it's sweet. It's sweet. It's funny. It's funny. And it's like, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah. Although you watch it, you watch it, and you're just like the creativity going on is just yeah. mind-boggling. So detailed. Yeah. Just the the world building that's going on. Mm-hmm. But then it's just, just so the, inspiring. Yeah. Really, like like oh yeah, really like they fleshed everything out. Yeah, like I, I enjoyed it as a kid just from uh, an audience point of view. But as I get older, the, the, every time I rewatch it, I just I, I marvel at mm-hmm. different things and different aspects of how mm-hmm. yeah. just the thought process of going into this or that. Is right. just... And the party at the end where everything flies upward when she yeah. breaks the glass. Just like simple yeah. moments you're talking about where they make really strong choices when something really like that takes a lot of production to make happen. But mm-hmm. it was so effective. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't look at the strings too carefully. I, I, I noticed that this time when yeah. uh, after after she decides to jump down mm-hmm. and then the, all the stairs are broken up. Yep. So you can see the strings. Yeah, you can see the, the strings uh, quite a few. Quite a few. I saw quite a few puppet strings. Yeah, it's tough to watch this on a big screen on Blu-ray. Yeah. There's some of the, uh, some of the effects. <laughs> see all the details. <laughs> but it's fun though. But like that's what I love about it is like it has it, it takes it like almost too far. You know, in a way that they, like, have put in so much effort and so much energy into, like, building each thing. So it's like... Yeah, they want to show that they built it. Right, right. I'm like, yeah. that's, a, that's what I find inspiring. It's just, like... But even little things, like, that, that moment when David Bowie's doing that thing where he's spinning mm-hmm. the that crystal ball. Like, that's yeah. someone else doing that. Yeah. Like, they're, they've oh, got yeah, him right. lined up, and it's like a num- someone else is doing that with their hand. It's not David Bowie. I was yeah. wondering if he, like... Learn to do it. I, I'm sure I believed, he's like, I want to learn. Yeah, I believed that he knew that. It was too effortless. Yeah. The, the line delivery, I was like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all like you can, you look at the, again, it's just like using angles really carefully. And, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. kind of the magic of this, too. Like all that, you know, given where all those little creatures are hidden in different spots, like those yeah. are sets that are built to do these yeah. gags. Yeah. Yep. You right. know, and it's them trying to figure out, you know, what, what can we do? How many people can we fit in here? What, you I'll know? Hide it. Yeah. 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 Right. Wait, can we can we surprise and delight any more places? <laughs> yeah. Like, what do these things do? You just yeah. discover, I mean, part of it is just, you know, discovering in advance, but I think there's a lot of this, I think it's the same as any kind of filmmaking where right. a lot of this stuff just, you figure out when you're in the space. Well, and the limitation, appears, like, yeah. leads you where you need to go. Like, there's yeah. a wall here, like, should we just walk through the wall? Like... What do right. we need to do in order to shoot this? <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah. we need the, the floor. Well, it's just like the you know, there is no floor underneath it is where the puppeteer stands. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, or how do I get my, you know, hand my my arm through this dresser? Yeah. So that I can have the puppet come out. It's like, well, they're on the other side of the wall, and it's the so dresser's cool. not really a dresser, right? It's so yeah. embodied, yeah. <clears throat> It's delightful, time. delightful. Well, because you, you sit back as I remember going, like, how they made that thing slide along the bed? And it's like, because well, the bed's not really a bed. The yeah. bed is just yeah. like, it's designed to look like a bed, but it's really just... From this angle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a, yeah. Well, there's that great moment, uh, he's doing even stuff like, there's that great rock yep. that uh, it looks like a face, and then the camera pans left, yeah. yes. you see that it's it's three different rocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just I've never noticed that before it. this time. That's the first time I've never oh, yeah. seen I've noticed so that. Funny. Yeah. Because yeah, like Hoggle so walks through it, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> Bowie's face everywhere, too. What I love you? how much this movie loved Bowie. <laughs> it wasn't like the Goblin King. It was like, it was like, Bowie's in this movie. Did you know? This yeah. is Bowie's yeah. face. Like, just, Bowie's pretty cool, right? Just in case you missed that smirk. <laughs> Here it is again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't Films mind. that are in love with their actors just, like, have a certain kind of sparkle to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's special. 
This play, this movie has a special place in my heart. Yeah, yeah. I love it. So, any any uh, final thoughts? What what do you what will you take away from this movie? Mm. I mean, like thinking back to myself at fourteen and fifteen and wishing I could have had that kind of like <laughs> metaphysical experience and confrontation with all of my. <laughs> Inner your, your goblin, your inner demons, goblin, my kings. inner goblin king, and then like being like, oh, you don't have any power over me. Yeah, but also That's like great. now an appreciation for the kind of collaboration and t- attention to detail that this kind of film requires. I mean, like puppeteering, like camera angles, it requires a different kind of mastery than mm-hmm. a lot of other films make, and mm-hmm. I don't get to see a lot of films like that. So yeah, maybe now I'm a Henson convert, and then you'll have to recommend me some more. Yeah, you know this. I mean, I will. I will. The the bad news is. For me, this is like the best of the best. <laughs> okay, good. You know, yeah. I think it's like, and I, I say it because I came to Dark Crystal late. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check out a, a previous episode of the podcast I did with Fab Filippo where we did Dark Crystal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Excellent like, in the film. So I like Dark Crystal, but I don't, I don't appreciate it the way I appreciate this film. And I don't know yeah. if it's because I saw this, I've, I've grown up with this film. Right. And Dark Crystal is new. So I, I right. look at it in a different way. Yeah. Uh, but definitely, I mean, you go through any of the, the original Muppet movies and there isn't necessarily the artistry because what Henson was doing with like the Muppets and Sesame and all those kind of things was definitely like I was saying, they're more the family films. There's some Mm -hmm. amazing stuff going on when you try to pull back and figure out how is he making Kermit ride a bike? Yeah. Right. And that kind of stuff. Yeah. But what he's doing here is really, really amping up the artistry. Yeah. With like the stuff like the helping hands. Yeah. And all these other things. Right, right. There's a whole different so layer clever. to it. Yeah. In, in, in a movie like this. Right. Where uh, it's, it's, it's him firing on all cylinders. And I'm just, I, you know, I just constantly get depressed when I think about Jim Henson because he died so young. Mm. And I mm. just wonder what, what other magical things would we have yeah. if he had a lived... <clears throat> You know, yeah. five, ten, another twenty years. Yeah. You know, the world really lost a lot of great art. Yeah. When when he passed away. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Alas. Well, other people will have to carry the torch. But they don't know. It, but he was. A, he really was a they one can't. of a kind. They do. They yeah. do to some extent. But it's just yeah. he was just a one of a kind. He was. That's a what tr- Gloria Steinem says. She's like, I'm not going to hand off my torch to someone. Like, I'm going to carry my own torch. Light other torches. <laughs> that's what Phil. That's that's what artistry is like. The legacy of inspiring other people, but who do their own, put their own spin on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think different people. I always look at it that like people are made up of, kind of their. Their, their inspirations and you look mm-hmm. at any artist and you're like what was what were the what were the two weird it's, it's like you know yeah. just the way two different human beings make a kid yeah you know, yeah. you're like what are the two things that made you up or the three things when as an artist like you're in you know this turns into this and that and those two yep. things shouldn't go together yep but they do and you mm-hmm. yeah you know right. and, and, and kind of like going back and tracking what are the things that that turn that people in, person into that'd be a cool project yeah. Well, I mean, you should tracing look, artists' yeah. inspiration. Yeah, I mean, you look at any artist, and they all—it's like you know the one I think of is, is the most bizarre combination. It's like someone like Woody Allen is like the combination of the Marx Brothers meets Ingmar Bergman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? right. And yeah. it's just yeah. like that—that's a combination that shouldn't work, but it works for him. And it's like yeah. you look at other artists right. are a combination, you know, of who their influences are. Dissimilar. Yeah. 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 Alas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Thanks for coming over, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing the movie. Let's all go to the. Thanks for joining us for Labyrinth. Black Hole Films is a proud member of the That Shelf Podcast Network. You can listen to other episodes of our show and other That Shelf podcasts on thatshelf.com. Please subscribe, leave comments, spread the word, do all the things that let others know you like the show and how they can check it out. You can find me on Twitter at Lon Jeremy and go to Facebook and join the group Black Hole Films. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.